Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host TJ and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Now grumpy, we got a little bit of hockey news and and albeit not a lot. And uh, But anytime there is some, you know, we make sure to go ahead and bring it up. When the you know the dribs and drabs of information gets released um, today, uh, scouting combine award show and the NHL draft were all uh, going to be set at a later date. No real shock there with uh, the NHL season kind of being postponed and you know they're prolonging that this time period. So not a real shock that those have all been delayed at this time period. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, obviously you can't have the draft. Uh, until the season wraps up. I know they still plan on finishing the season, hopefully starting in August now. I don't, and I know they're checking into sites potentially uh, where they could play. They still don't know if they play in front of empty stadiums uh, or if they could possibly go to, uh, you know, some areas of the country that are not really affected by the, uh, by the virus. They could, they could play games there. Um, I, I think everything's kind of still up in the air, but obviously you can't have an NHL draft when your season hasn't wrapped up yet. Um, yeah, you're hundred percent right. And so, I mean, like I, again, it's technically new news, but not really in the same token. And, you know, I was looking at the postponed list. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they just kind of cancel the NHL draft or the NHL combine altogether. Um, you know, they've already canceled the Memorial Cup at this point. So, you know, juniors are done for the rest of the year. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if they kind of just cancel that NHL combine. I, you know, when you look at combines, when you're evaluating players, it's not like the NFL combine where you really get a good gauge uh, as to how athletic, explosive, and powerful a guy is. I mean, all these players in the NHL combine are 17 to 18 years old. They're really young. I mean, you're just really kind of testing to see how close they are to possibly skating on an NHL surface. Yeah, I I think they will not cancel the combine. Um, you know, if they plan on playing in August or September, they'll just hold the combine then. Honestly, you know, I mean, that's how they did it. Now they would they would do it. You know, when the players were going on, they'd have that just your scouting staff going there looking at it at those players. So I think that will eventually happen. I can see why they, you know, delayed it or postponed it for now. Uh, no real issues there. I, the The only issue I would potentially have with them starting up again in August, 
and I guess they haven't decided how they're going to do it. You know, maybe just have a series of games, you know, maybe half of the schedule left, maybe six games as opposed to 12 or whatever's left, um, you know, to cement those last couple of playoff spots uh, and then get the other teams, you know, ready to go for the playoffs. Because I don't think you could jump right into the playoffs. I think you get a lot of injuries. It's almost like you'd have to have a training camp ahead of time, an abbreviated training camp. And that's, and that's what they said they're looking to do. They're looking to go ahead and do a training camp before the actual season starts, Grumpy. Right. And then, you know, my you know my concern is when you're playing that late in the year, you're going into a lot of arenas where the temperatures are in the 90s or the 100s. How's the ice going to hold up? I think that's I – mean, I remember back in the 70s, they would have those issues with the ice, and even in Buffalo, where uh, the temperature disparity from outside to inside was so bad that the players, they were having fog on the ice. And I remember in the Stanley Cup Finals, they'd have the uh, Buffalo Sabres and the Filthy Delphia Flyers just skating around just to clear up the fog that was on the ice. So, I mean, I don't know if they'd run into problems like that or not. Uh, you know, But the later that you play in the year – I got to think that the ice conditions would not be as good just because of the temperatures outside of some of these arenas. I was about to say, I really didn't even think about that. Um, and I guess that's interesting to kind of, you know, divulge into. Um, but I don't think we're going to have it anywhere. I, I, obviously, arenas and everything like that are, are a little bit, you know, more structurally found than they were like in the 70s and everything like that. Um, and I, I have to figure that wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have fog on the ice or anything like that. Um, but I, I think you do bring up a good point because I mean, yeah, you're right. When it's a hundred plus degrees outside. Yeah. It definitely could affect the surface, the ice surface and everything like that. How the puck bounces. I mean, you know, for the most part, the NHL is a sport that's played, you know, from October, it starts up in October when it's kind of getting a little bit cooler outside and it kind of wraps up there May you know, late May. So, I mean, like right before it's starting to hit the peak hotness, if you're playing in July and August, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a hundred degrees outside in some areas. Yeah. I remember there was a, uh, an exhibition game. Uh, it was going to be the New York Rangers against the San Jose Sharks in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they couldn't, it was hot out. It was hot and they could not get the ice, the right temperature. So they wound up canceling the ex exhibition game. Um, I mean, I could just see that. I could just see that being an issue. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, but kind of thinking, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you didn't think of it because it's in the it's an intelligent man's look at at what could possibly happen. Exactly. That's one of those things where you don't look. You're looking further beyond. You're seeing, you know, the forest for the trees. I'm kind of looking right in front of me right here. I didn't see – I didn't think of that. But uh, when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually a really good thought. <laughs> yeah, well, here you are. You want to cancel the scouting combine. You want to hold You want to hold out games out there on the sand. I don't know. I don't know, TJ. I don't know what's going on with you today. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not advocating that they cancel the scouting combine. But if I'm thinking about events that, you know, might be canceled – the scouting combine for the NHL doesn't play a huge role as to where players are drafted. I don't think um, because all these guys, hockey players are not usually freaks of nature. They're not abnormally strong. They're not abnormally, you know, quick athletes on foot. 
I mean, look at the tests that they have in the scouting combine. They hook the guy up to the uh, the bike and they put that thing in his mouth. You know, I'm using a lot of scientific terms here, but they put that uh, breathing apparatus in his mouth and they get, I guess, test how well he can go ahead and bike and how fast he could cycle. They put 135 pounds on a bench press and then they go ahead and do the pull-ups. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's definitely not as uh, useful, I would say, as something like the NFL combine to whereas if it was canceled, not a big deal because you're right. You're going to have a lot of players at the NHL combine. If they do decide to hold it, they're going to be within close proximity. I mean, you have to figure with all the athletes that are going to be there. It's not like, okay, we'll have you step on the bench press. Now we're going to go ahead and wipe it down. We'll have you step on the bike. Now we'll go ahead and get a cleaning crew to clean it off. I mean, like that's going to take forever and all day because it's not like there's only 10 guys who go to these NHL scouting combines. Yeah. Uh, your verbiage was uh, once again astounded the everyone who listens to the podcast. Um, but you know, I, I understand your point of view. I, I I don't think it takes anything to wipe down a bench. It doesn't matter. I mean, here's the thing: we knew they were going to delay it. Everything's just getting pushed out, but they will have it again during the playoffs or whatever. I mean, it's only a through is it three days? If even that, how many players are we talking about? I'm not even concerned about that. Uh, you knew the draft was going to get pushed back only because, it, it, you know, it's just, just what – and the same thing with the award show. All that stuff's getting pushed and back. And the same thing with the NHL draft lottery. Again, they, you know, they kind of all follow in suit. Uh, but, Grumpy, I kind of want to talk a little bit about an article that was released in The Athletic today. Um, we're recording this podcast here on Wednesday afternoon right after work. Uh, the Athletic released – and I don't know if you had a chance to read this, Grumpy – but they released an article about the 25, I think it was the greatest Hall of Fame athletes in New York history. Do you have a chance to read that article? I just looked at some names and it's a stupid list. <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of the same exact thought process I had because everybody, of course, has been tweeting about it because I'm sure it's not a shock to Islander fans out there. But the old New York Islander greats like your Mike Bossies uh, didn't get any love on this list. Well, because they're not big city players. I mean, I don't know who the jabronis were who who did this list, um, but just looking at it, it's uh, all right. Some people are automatic, but some of the choices are just moronic, submoronic, really. Um, you know, anybody who puts Henrik Lundqvist ahead of Dennis Potvin and Brian Trottier, unbelievable. Oh, uh, Brian Trottier didn't even make the list. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike Bossy. No, yeah, uh, Brian, uh, uh, Dennis Bo yeah, Dennis Poffin. Oh, yeah, you're right. Brian Trottier didn't even make the list. Yeah. Okay, so that that automatically negates the list right there, right? But guess who did make the list? Mark Messier. Uh, why? Because he guaranteed they were going to beat the New Jersey Devils and, you know, it made the Rangers win a cup for the first time in, you know, whatever, 54 years. You know what? That doesn't put you – as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't put you uh, in the Hall of Fame of New York athletes. I don't think so. What do you what do you play there? Five years? I was about to say you can make the same argument, right? Oh, throw Gretzky in this conversation then too, right? You know, he did his leg work elsewhere, but you know, he played for the Rangers for a little bit. I mean, you look at some of the Knicks who made it, Willis Reed, and, and I'm just like I said, I'm not saying they're not great players. Willis Reed, you know, game seven of the seventy two finals, you know, he and he didn't even have a good game, but it was an emotional moment. So that gets you in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Walt Frazier, I think he was top 10. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I like Walt Clyde Frazier, but a top 10 New York athlete of all time, uh, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Um, 
I will say one thing, and I actually want to ask you about this, grumpy old man, and I'm not sure. I am not a New York Yankees fan. I know you are. I'm a Mets fan. Mike Piazza through and through. That's, you know, the guy I grew up with, my favorite athlete as a kid. Now, I saw Derek Jeter was on the list, but I thought he was kind of low. And I'm not sure if it's because, you know, he is more recent, and that's the reason why I want to go ahead and put him higher on this list. But when I saw it, I'm like, number 11. I mean – I want to say for an entire generation of Yankee fans, they're going to think as Derek Jeter's Mr. Yankee. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glancing at the list here uh, as we do this podcast. Um, I don't have a problem with the first four. I thought Jackie Robinson was rated a little high. Um, Lou Gehrig, number five, Joe DiMaggio, six, Tom Seaver, seven. He was the franchise. Well, I want, I want to say this, Grumpy. I, you know, I think Mark Ambrador, unbelievable goalie. A great, great player. I mean, he's arguably the best goalie in the history of the NHL. I have a problem well, with that, though. He played New that? Jersey. He played New Jersey. He didn't play in New York. He played New Jersey. I mean, okay, so that's what we're doing now? I mean, I guess that would throw out Lawrence Taylor then. Um, but they were still called the New York Giants. They weren't called the New York Devils. It was the New Jersey Devils. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. I think he's a uh, you know all-time great goalie, one of the top three or four all time. Um, but he's from the New Jersey team, uh, you know, whatever. Maybe I need to look at the, maybe the list said New York, New Jersey list. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I guess I didn't read it. Like I said, I didn't, no, inaugural New York hall of fame. So he should automatically be eliminated. Sorry. Well, not even that. I mean, you look at Derek Jeter. He is, I, I want to even say he's been the face of baseball he'll be the face of baseball for an entire generation. I mean, you can't say that about a Martin Brodeur. I mean, as good as Martin Brodeur was throughout his entire career, he was never the face of the NHL. He never will be. I mean, you look back on it, Derek Jeter was the face of baseball for a long time period. Now, this is coming from a Mets fan. I didn't like Jeter at all. I didn't like the Yankees. But, I, I, mean, remember, that guy- I remember you used to compare Derek Jeter. You thought that Jose Reyes was a better player than Derek Jeter. Oh, Grumpy! Come on now, oh, you, you're cherry picking things here. No, yeah, I, I did. I did like. I did like Jose Reyes. Oh yes. If and we're talking about that. it, I love that Mets team back when they used to have Jose Reyes, Kazu Matsui, David Wright. I mean, they had they had some good teams. Those Mets teams never really achieved what they were supposed to, but they had they had some good players on those teams. Yeah, they were good. You want to know the only thing they didn't do? Win. I mean, you know. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you know. You know, it's better than the team has been as of recent, though. So, you know, I really can't complain that much. Uh, and as much as the hype is behind the Mets, I don't see it right now. You know, the pitching staff is good. Uh, and uh, Correction, the pitching staff is great. But, again, no bats. Well, I mean, Noah Syndergaard's out until next April at the earliest. So, I don't know how great their pitching staff is. Uh, here's the thing. The Mets suck. I'm not surprised oh. we root for them. Oh, um, grumpy. You know, mm-hmm. it just kind of is what it is. They're a crappy team. But I want to get back to the, you know, back when you were saying that you would take Jose Reyes over Derek Jeter. And, I, and the only one who thought that besides you was uh, Reyes's mother. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. Now, now, Derek Jeter was at an advanced age in his career, and Jose was still performing at peak level. I mean, this was back when, before actually, he jumped to the Miami Marlins. Uh, before that debacle happened. But Jose Reyes had had some great years with the Mets. I mean, my gosh, he, he'd steal every single base available. You know, he, he had times where he was hitting over 300. 
uh, you know what? The fact that you're even trying to defend this just makes everyone, everyone's laughing right now at the podcast. They're laughing and they're laughing at you. Not I'm not saying you. Jose Reyes is better than Derek Jeter, but I'm sure when we had this conversation, uh, I, I'm sure there's a reason why. I had, okay. I was a Mets fan. I was a young kid. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I was young. I'm not a young kid, but I was younger and you're right. I did like Jose Reyes. And the thing is, again, that was, that was the team I grew up on. That was yeah. a team I watched. I mean, like Jose Reyes had some really good years with the Mets. Well, you know what? Maybe just because you root for a team doesn't make that uh, make that that player is better than someone else. I mean, Derek ja Derek Jeter, first ballot Hall of Famer. Jose Reyes, nothing. Jose Reyes won't be a, a, a Hall of Famer, absolutely not. But he'll be one of those guys that goes down where you, you when you think about a guy who can swipe any single bag. Jose Reyes is a guy. I mean, he led. The MLB three years in a row in stolen bases. Again, I'm not saying he's as good as Derek Jeter, but at the time period, I'm sure when we had this conversation, Derek Jeter was a little bit more advanced in his age, and Jose Reyes was younger. So yeah, I usually like to tend to go with the younger guy who's got the propensity to last a little longer. Whatever, just live in your perpetual dream world that Derek Jeter is inferior to Jose Reyes. Go ahead, just live, just live there, live in it. At least you're owning it. I have to give you credit for that. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to yeah. embrace it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like it's just looking at this list, besides the fact that Martin Brodeur uh, played in New Jersey, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> New York Hall of Fame, and you're putting some of your jersey, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we should put uh, Marty St. Louis when he played in Tampa in there. Maybe we could put him in there too. <laughs> he played for the Rangers for a year. How about yeah. Scott Stevens? I mean, he was a fantastic, a fantastic defenseman. He played for the Devils. I mean, if you're going to include Devils players, those type of guys you got to look at. But I thought there was a, a dearth of Islander players, uh, considering what they achieved in that time frame. Honestly, I would have honestly been fine if they just lumped together the big four and put them up there higher on the list and said. You know what? We can't go ahead and try to say this guy's contribution, Mike Bossy's contribution was more important than Brian Trottier's contribution. You just put the big four up there and you go ahead and call it a day. But, you know, I feel as they're talking about the New Jersey, I feel like, you know, the athletic is also, they don't have a lot of content to talk about. So they just gathered everybody together that's, you know, in the tri state area and said, here you go. Let's go ahead and throw this piece together. It's put together by a bunch of 25 year olds. I mean, the fact that they had Willie Mays at number 18 is a crime, an absolute crime. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I can't even look at a list like this. It's like a list that Bleacher Report would put together. They have a bunch of 10-year-olds put a list together of all-time things, but nobody's older than 23 years old that they put on the list. I just, like I said, it's mine. I'm just look, I just look at the list and I'm just, it doesn't, it's just, it's crazy and stupid. I Eli will, Manning, Eli Manning, Eli Manning, Eli freaking Manning, Eli Manning over Phil Sims. Think about that. E Eli Manning, a top 20 New York athlete, please. He doesn't Eli Manning over Joe Namath. Was Joe Namath on this list? I don't Joe remember. Namath, yeah, Joe Namath was on there. Now here's the thing. Joe Namath. Why was he so high on the list? He was up there pretty high. Why? Because, you know, guaranteed the win in Super Bowl three. But I mean, if you look at, I mean, he made the hall of fame all off of that. And I'm not saying he wasn't super talented because he was, but if you look at his numbers, I mean, he was hurt a lot, first of all, but if you look at his numbers, they weren't real great. And I'm a huge Joe Namath fan, huge. But 
Well, the game was different. I think that's what they try to take into account, too, when they do these type of lists. Okay, yeah, Joe Namath was on there. I don't know why I thought I, I missed his names. But I'm like, okay, Phil Sims is not on there. I mean, Eli Manning is questionable even to make the Hall of Fame. Um, and he probably will just because of the pedigree and having the Manning last name. But I've seen arguments for and against him making the Hall of Fame. So, He'll, I mean, you look at his numbers – He's just an he's just a guy. He's an average quarterback. What his record, I think, as a starting quarterback was uh, just at five hundred, just 500. below five hundred. Five hundred, five hundred. But I mean, what did he do? He knocked off the eighteen and zero Patriots, and he beat them again. Even though, admittedly, they were not as good in two thousand eleven, uh, and had no defensive backs, but they won them again. And that's that's why because he has two Super Bowl wins. That's why yeah. he, that's why he's on the list. I mean, like I said, I'm not. I've never been an Eli Manning fan. Uh, I think he's, I don't know, but he's way more clutch than Peyton. I will say that, but I, he just he just has that look on his face like he don't know what the heck he's doing. <laughs> I just look, I just look at some of the guys left off the list, honestly. You know, Reggie Jackson. I mean, he was instrumental. Bill Parcells. I mean, just, uh, I mean, Mike Piazza, like you mentioned, Julius Irving, Dr. J. I mean, he was along on Long Island. When he was with the Nets, he was absolutely spectacular. I mean, just. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, I'm just confused by the whole thing. And yeah, you're looking. You look at some guys. You're like Brian Leach. Brian Leach makes the list. Okay. Well, Ranger guys are going to get more respect than Islander than Islander players. They just are because of where they play. Because they're the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's just uh, you know, hey, let's just throw something out there. Whatever. Well, you you a while ago mentioned something kind of interesting, Grumpy, about Bleacher Report and kind of how much of a joke they are branded as. I want to say, because I remember at the time period when Bleacher Report used to be an absolute joke. I mean, anything they released looked like they just had some random freelancer who had an opinion, and they said, here you go, go with it. Any amount of clicks you get, we'll go ahead and pay you for I want to say Bleacher Report over the last five or ten years has really done a good job of trying to rebrand themselves as a more legitimate site for news and opinions for sports. And again, I used to think the same exact way you did about Bleacher Report, but as time has continued, I, they've grown on me. And, and and I'm not sure if it's just because they're all over the place or if it's because their content's actually gotten better. Well, I think their content has gotten better. In the olden days, You have to, if you wanted to look at a top ten list, you'd have to have ten clicks. To watch it all the way through. I'm pretty sure you have to do the same thing now. It's because every single click, it goes to technically a new web page. So they get more clicks and views on it. And it's something with the algorithm. But I think that's why they do it where every single time you click, it counts as a different click and it helps them make more money in revenue. Okay. The only articles I read from them are on my phone. Um, so, and it's not the case anymore like it used to be. Uh, but I think they're, I, I think the fact why they're so popular is that they do every single sport, uh, every team in every single sport, and I think that really helps. That really helps them, and now they have a name. So and it's and it's it was in depth too. Where I mean, ESPN, yeah, technically they cover every single sport, but you have essentially a whole bunch of dedicated. I'm sure there's some of them just used to be fans that have an ability to write or, you know, are somewhat proficient in writing. And they said, here we go, we'll pay you X amount if you continue to write. And they just have so much content. And I feel like that's the case because ESPN, right? If you're thinking about the first thing that was worldwide sports, it was ESPN. And, you know, they covered everything, right? But yeah. I just think Bleach Report, they ran with it. They had a whole bunch of fans originally started. And, 
if you could write halfway decent, you got you've got yourself a position. If if there was a vacant spot, and I think slowly they've kind of weeded out the original members that were kind of eh, iffy a little bit. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's hurt ESPN, I'm, I'm sure it hasn't hurt them enough to make them stop. Obviously, is the fact that they have uh, a paywall for certain articles. Um, and I, you know, Hey, if you pay whatever you get to read certain content where that's not the case on bleach report, I think, I think that hurts ESPN. I, I mean, I do you, too. I know what you're talking about. Like for example, when Mike law releases his top MLB prospects, you have to pay for that or be ESPN plus. Uh, I uh, honestly, I'm not sure. I've never met a single person who's got ESPN plus because there's so much free content out there that they make their money through advertisements on the site where they don't have to charge people these subscription fees. Given we were just talking about the athletic and everything like that, but the athletic is a little odd to where, you know, they've got a whole bunch of ex beat writers who have an inside tap to general managers and coaches and everything like that. So they're able to provide a certain service that for example, opinionated pieces really don't. Well, the difference between the athletic and the ESPN is for the athletic, you have to pay for everything. I mean, this way, you know what you're going into with ESPN. Oh boy, that looks like it'll be a good argument. Nope. You got to pay for it. I'm like, well, you know, like I said, for me, that's a turnoff. Um, like I said, if I, uh, there's plenty of other places where I can get information, like you said, and that's why I think Bleacher Report is popular. I mean, they throw, they still throw a lot of stuff up against the wall every day. They got a new list, uh, you know. Every team, like today, I saw something NFL. Any team, which free agent signing could they regret in the past? So every team has one player, you know. So it, I mean, they come and up. Every with, single one has one click, so they get an extra view. Well, like I said, I I never have to do more than one click. I just click on the article and I scroll down. So I don't know if it's like that using a laptop. Like I said, I don't read their articles there, um, but on the phone, I can just scroll through pretty quickly. Yeah, so I usually use the laptop if I'm looking up. If I feel like I've got to Google something, I'm usually pulling it up on the laptop. I mean, unless it's just convenient for me to have it on my phone. And then, yes, you do have to click next, next, next a million times on the laptop. So I'm glad they've kind of retrofitted that for the mobile devices. Yes, well, me too. Otherwise, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be looking at their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, yeah, Grumpy, this is... Uh, I'm enjoying myself. We're not necessarily talking Islander hockey, but just talking sports in general. And I, I knew when I, as soon as I saw that, um, the New York hall of fame list, I knew I, number one, I'd hoped you had seen it, but I knew you would definitely have an opinion on it. Nonetheless. Well, I did, you know, I did get a notification today on my phone. Uh, but you know, when I'm working, I'm actually working my regular job. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to look at it, but then, like I said, with most of, I just, I just brought up and just scrolled through and, Idiot, like I said, the thing. It's just an opinion piece anyway, so who cares? Exactly. Everybody's got opinions, and of course, ours are right and theirs are wrong. Well, mine are right anyway. <laughs> I mean, when you say that you would take Jose Reyes over Derek Jeter, that, that pretty much blows any of your opinions out of the way. Oh, uh, you know, you keep cherry picking this, Grumpy. I, I don't remember exactly what year it was. I don't remember how old Derek Jeter was. He was probably well in his thirties, and Jose still had time left. No, no. Absolutely not. I mean, I, you know, here's the thing. It wasn't like it was for one year or two years or three years. You went for years and years thinking that Jose Reyes, it's a running joke. Everyone knows it. It's a running joke. Well, not everybody knows it, but now everybody now knows they it. Do. Everyone knows it now. 
I mean, I think it's going to color every other opinion that you have, honestly, when you make some. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to draw another comparison to that. The and the Anders Lee Patrick Kane situation, where you insisted that Anders Lee is a better player for the Islanders. No. Okay, Kane. yes. Okay, at least you went ahead and quoted it right. Because Grumpy, and let me go ahead and, and just repeat it because I know I ran you over a little bit. But last year I said Anders Lee was a more important piece to the Islanders than Patrick Kane would be that season, and I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by that 110. percent Last year we needed a guy like Anders Lee. Anders Lee was Mr. Islander, and he still is. And we saw what it, what success it brought for the team under the structure of Barry Trotz. I mean, it's hard to argue with the success. I 100% firmly still believe last season Anders Lee was a more important piece, not only on the ice, but also off the ice, than a guy like Patrick Kane would be the Islanders. Patrick Kane, more talented than Anders Lee. Not, not debating that. Never have. Never will. Patrick Kane's a more talented player than Anders Lee. But I was just talking about, in general, more important to the Islanders was a guy like Anders Lee last season. Yep. Okay. Okay. Like the any time, the any, the only, the next day that I won't take a guy who scores over a hundred points over a year over a guy who scores fifty. Well, you know what? Then just call me TJ. Patrick. Kane, I'm not saying I wouldn't take Patrick Kane. Hell, you, if they're you, giving Patrick you, Kane away for free, I'd take him. You thought that if you said if there was a trade straight up, Patrick Kane for Anders Lee. That there's no way that the Islanders would take it. I told you you were absolutely insane. And I'm going to tell you what, Lou Lamarillo all called me and he said you were insane also. <laughs> Barry Trotz told me last year Andrews Lee was an integral part of the system and he needed to stay. So maybe there was a little bit of turmoil up top. What can I say, oh, Grumpy? Oh, my God. You know what? Anyone, that trade, first of all, Chicago, whoever their GM would be fired if that was a trade offer, fired. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe they're just – okay, to be honest, the Blackhawks need to be in rebuild mode. When is it time just to hit reset and rebuild? They are. I mean, they're, they're, in, they're in rebuild mode now. I mean, I mean full rebuild. Get rid of Patrick Kane and get rid of Jonathan Taves. Those guys are – they have value to other teams, more value than they have to your team. You, you still you, have veteran leadership on that team, so it's not like you're just completely getting away, getting with, getting rid, ugh, getting rid of all the veteran leadership. It's not like you're doing that. If you were to go ahead and trade a guy like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, he has a lot more value to other teams. You can get a lot more assets that could be more valuable to your team in the future. Okay, you're not. I mean, I just, I just find you're not going to get rid of everybody. You're not going to get rid of everybody on your team. I mean. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taves has had a nice rebound year this year, honestly. I'm going to tell you that much right now. I mean, I thought he was kind of toast, but, you know, I think he's had I think he's had a really good year. And then you got Patrick Kane. I mean, he had 84 points, and he was on a course for another 100-point season. I mean, I, I just I, – I, I mean, I, I don't know where you're coming from. I think he – I don't know. Maybe – Maybe you got uh, exhaust fumes piping into your house. I don't know, but okay. You, this is this like, is my point, Grumpy. Scoring goals is not everything, and it never will be everything. It's not encompassing of what it takes to be a successful team and win. The Chicago Blackhawks they won Stanley Cups. There's no doubt about it. They were a very very dominant team for a long time period. Look at the defensive core they had, though. I mean, if you look at the names, some of them, sure, they weren't big-name guys. They had guys like Nick Letty. They had guys like Nicholas Jalmerson, a very unsung hero. They had a lot of guys like that who were able to contribute on a defensive side. Duncan, Keith, they had a lot of great defensive pieces, and their goaltending was there too. 
I, I mean, like, again, I get it that Patrick Kane's still putting up, you know, who you know, the season does continue, he very well could put up over 100 points again this season. Who scored the game-winning goal against the Flyers in the Stanley Cup final? That's right, Patrick Kane. Who scored uh, the tying goal against the Boston Bruins when they beat them? That's right, Patrick Kane. I mean, he's clutch too. I, I just, he's, I mean, he's one of the top 10 players in the game. Anders Lee isn't even top, I don't know, 1,500 players in the league. This is my thing, Grumpy. Do you think Patrick Kane will still be on the Chicago Blackhawks and still be playing when they're a Stanley Cup competitor again? They're terrible again this season. Absolutely miserable. Dead last in their division. And again, they were terrible last season as well. No, and they what? can see a lot of shots on net. Their goalies get pelted game in and game out. Do you think Patrick Kane is going to be part of that team when they become a Stanley Cup competitor again? I think he very possibly could be. I mean, So when do you see the Chicago Blackhawks being a Stanley Cup competitor? I think, well, I mean, contender? You mean like the Islanders? That could be in the next two years. I'm going to tell you what. The Islanders aren't going to be a contender for the Stanley. They're not going to be a Stanley Cup winner with Andrew when Anders Lee is there. I'm just going to tell you that much right now. This is this was about to be the this was about to be the crux of my argument, right? If he's not going to be on the team when you know they're a Stanley Cup competitor, or he'll be at the tail end when they're a Stanley Cup competitor and not actually making a positive impact, then why keep him? Go ahead and get what you can for him. I mean, look at you look at they still have some ancient pieces, part of those that those Stanley Cup runs. I mean, Duncan Keith, he's now 36 years old. Corey Crawford, 35 years old. Patrick Kane, 31 years old, about to be 32. And the same thing with Jonathan Taves. I mean, again, players don't get better with age. Usually after you hit 30 years old, you're not continuing to increase your scoring output. Given, yeah, sure, they've, they've put up points this season. But, you know, in 32, 33, 34, are they still going to be putting up those amount of points? I don't know. Hard to say. Okay, so... You, I'm going to tell you what, Patrick Kane is going to be productive at a much higher level way later in his career than Anders Lee is. I 100% agree. Well, that's – and he's – I mean, you, why don't you get rid of him? Because you still need leadership on that team. You still need someone who, who can produce out there. I mean, uh, I think you're just selling Patrick Kane short. Oh, no, I'm not selling Patrick Kane short. I think he's an excellent player. I'm talking about just for the production of the team, and I'm talking about building a franchise over again. Imagine what you could get for a guy like Patrick Kane on the free or on the trade on the trade market. Imagine what you can get for him. Well, he's a guy that's locked up. Given you know he's got his cap hits relatively high. Um, when they signed the deal, it was a lot higher, obviously, than it is now. But for a team that you know needs a little offensive piece to go ahead and go a long way. They would. I, that's a guy that could really command a whole lot. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Chicago's much better this year than they were last year. Much better. I mean, right now I think they would be on pace for something like, you know, 84, 85 points, which is a big improvement over last year. Here's the thing. They know what they're doing there. The, the front office knows what they're doing. They're weeding out the older players. They're bringing in younger guys. I mean, they just have to continue performing. I think Chicago is going to be right back up in there in the next couple of years. I really do. I mean, they, they went through a hard rebuild. They're, I mean, yeah, they're still, they're still bottom 10 in the NHL, Grumpy. And I understand they're better than they were last year. 
you're right because <laughs> when you're a team like the Ottawa Senators or you know the, the obviously not as bad as the Detroit Red Wings this season, but when you're a team that's really struggling, I mean. They had a lot of injuries too last year. Crawford out, Crawford is out for a very long time. So I mean, they they were a team that was that was banged up. So again, you know, when we saw the record, you also have to remember they they were a team that was really banged up last season. Well, they were. I, I just I, I posed a question because if he's not going to be around or the team's not going to be a Stanley Cup competitor in the next three years. I mean, he's going to be 34 years old by that time period, and let's say even you know four years down the road, they're a Stanley Cup competitor. Do you think a 35-year-old Patrick Kane is really going to be a contributor at that time period? I don't think he's that old, is he? He's, he's 31 right now. And let's say I mean, in four years they're a Stanley Cup competitor. I mean, that's when he's 35. I, I'm just I, saying, if, if you're not going to be a Stanley Cup competitor for a few years, I understand you need to keep veteran leadership. Sure. Yeah, but you, you don't want to take another step back. You don't want to take another step back. You're you're rebuilding the team. You can't get rid of every veteran on the team, not everyone. And a guy who's scoring 100 points a year for you, why would you get rid of him? I mean, you're not going to get fair market value back. Maybe he doesn't want to leave. I don't think again, I don't think he wants to leave. I'm just I'm just throwing this out here. If I'm talking about building a franchise and Patrick Kane is obviously more advanced in his age. You have guys who are veteran leaders on there. You still have your Duncan Keiths. You still have your Jonathan Taves. You still have your Corey Crawfords, guys well into their 30s um, and have been there for that Stanley Cup run. You don't need that many of them there still. I mean, like, it's time that you're right. It's time to start weeding them out. And I just wouldn't be shocked at all if a guy like Patrick Kane or a guy like Jonathan Taves might be a guy who would be possibly moved in the near future. They well, both have produced this season. We've seen it. They both have produced this year. And, again, they're bottom 10 in the NHL. Let's say next year gets off to a start and they're struggling again. I could definitely see one of those two guys being possibly moved or, or rumored to be moved at the trade deadline. I could. If I was going to move anyone off of that team and he doesn't get moved because he's the captain, it's Jonathan Taves. I mean, his his type of game doesn't age well. Patrick Kane's does. It's predicated on speed. Um, you, uh, that's my thing, though, right? If it's predicated on speed, as soon as you lose that step, those hits that you were able to avoid in your younger years, you're going to be taking all those hits now. And again, I do think Kane's game does age better than Jonathan Taves, who plays a more physical style. But still, I mean, like when you lose a little bit of that step, you're going to get pummeled a lot more. And, and Patrick Kane's been a guy who's been a relatively healthy player his entire NHL career. Exactly. I mean, like I said, that's uh, Patrick Kane's not somebody I'd trade. I'm just telling you, he'd he'd be somebody that I'm I'm keeping for the long term. And they're not going to move Taves. They're not going to move Taves. But their team, I mean, sure they got some older guys on there. But I'm going to tell you what: in the long run, they're going to be better off by keeping players like that. They just are. And I think I think that's the case. I mean. Like I said, Patrick Kane has had a fantastic career, just absolutely fantastic. I don't think, and I don't think he's really slowed down at all. I mean, you could say, okay, in 17, 18, he had a bad year, but I mean, the guy's still putting up 100 points a year. I just, uh, that's something that Andrews Lee's not going to do in two or three full seasons. I don't see that. (laughs) Oh, goodness, Grumpy. Uh, Now, again, there's, if you look, Talent for talent. If you're starting to, if you're looking just player to player, Patrick Kane's better than Andrews Lee, no doubt. Way about better, it. way better, 
But again, if we're talking about if you're looking at the Chicago Blackhawks and their franchise, they start off to a poor another poor start next year, and they don't look like they have any chance to make the, the playoffs again by you know mid season. I don't know. I you, you're not going to continually score a hundred plus points every single season as you continue to advance in age. Your ability to play decreases. It just happens. You know, he's not on the block though. I, he's not getting traded. He's not getting traded. It's not. Happening. I, I, you know, I call me conspiracy theorist. I have a weird vision that again next year, if we look at in the future, that's a guy that might be able to be. Tra- he's going to get a lot. Of, he's going to get a lot on the trade market if he ever was moved. Well, the optimal word you said is weird, and I'll go that. Yes, your vision <laughs> is weird, as are you. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And I'm proud of it. I am what I am, just like Popeye used to say. Oh, boy. Okay. Must have watched your cartoons this morning, I guess. I've been having a lot of time at home now, Grumpy, since I've been working remote as of late. So I could throw something on the television every once in a while. But it's unfortunate. There's no sports to watch. So now I'm watching, like, uh, I'm not a big TV show type of guy. I'm not a big guy who watches cartoons or anything like that. I'd rather watch sporting events again. If they had competitive dart throwing, I'd watch that over watching cartoons or watching TV shows. I would much rather watch cartoons than competitive dart throwing. I have no problem with that at all. <laughs> I remember I was Bugs Bunny, you know, not the new Bugs Bunnies, the old one where they were mean to the other characters. That was those were good cartoons back in the day. Oh, they're not mean to the other characters anymore. No, you know. Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny, they don't have those anymore. You don't see anybody getting their 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 beaks blown off. I mean, you don't see <laughs> any of that anymore. Oh gosh. Everybody plays little pranks on one another. I used to like when Elmer Elmer Fudd would shoot Daffy in the in the head and his beak would spin on top of his head and be sideways. <laughs> I mean, do do circles around him. I mean, no, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're bringing back memories, grumpy old man. Those are the type of cartoons I grew up on. I didn't know they've changed those up so much. I don't, I don't watch new cartoons, but a couple of times they were on when my kids were younger and I look, I'm like, all right, this is terrible. And I would just pop on some old classics. (laughs) Oh goodness. Grumpy. Well, we're about at the 40 minute mark, uh, grumpy old man. And shockingly enough, we're through another podcast. Uh, no new hockey news, but you know we were able to talk a little bit about you know some New York greats that that the uh, the flawless list released by the Athletic, <laughs> and I feel like anytime they do release these, you know ESPN, the Athletic, Bleacher Report, anytime anybody releases the this is the best of, there's always going to be people like you and I who are coming out and saying, you missed this guy, you missed this guy. How can how could you, you know, overlook this player? So I enjoyed talking about it with you though. Yeah. Well like I said they're just opinions. So uh you know I like I said I a lot of stuff I couldn't I didn't quibble with everything, but some of the things are just stupid. And the fact that they included Jerseyites in with New York was just all right. That just kind of invalidates your list right there. New York Hall of Fame, why are you putting it? I mean, if you had a New Jersey Hall of Fame, that's fine. But New York Hall of Fame, why are there any Jersey people? I mean, like I said, maybe we should have put in, uh, you know, maybe Tom Brady. I mean, he's from Mass- he played in Massachusetts. Why, why wouldn't he be on a list? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, grumpy old man. You're right. You're right. Um, but I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast as always, my friend. My pleasure.
And I want to thank the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, very thankful they allow us to go ahead and post this podcast on multiple different platforms. Whether you listen to your podcast on SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find the Hockey Podcast version of the Never Say Die podcast. And a big thank you to the listener. Again, not a lot of Islander news. If you like us talking about the Islanders, unfortunately, you haven't had a lot of Islander-specific news. But you've had just more riffing, uh, banter, and I guess just New York sports in general. So, you know, maybe some of you enjoyed it more. Some of you maybe haven't. But I've enjoyed it, Grumpy Old Man. I've enjoyed my time with you. Well, I have had absolutely, I've had a blast. And I enjoyed talking with you and proving you wrong at every turn. (laughs) Oh, Grumpy. Until next time. But thank you again. My pleasure.